Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website is scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to support this mission of truth, find the archives. All those things are there at the website. Today, it's Monday, and we're looking to start our week, as usual, with some wisdom and some encouragement. We're going to be looking at Psalm chapter 8 and 9 today, and Proverbs chapter 10. Now, Psalm 9 is a thanksgiving for God's justice. It's a psalm about praising God for his justice in the world. These can be difficult for us right now as we look at the world. We think we could be tempted to think, however, where is God's justice, right? We could be tempted to feel like Habakkuk. I'm seeing all this going on, and it appears that you're doing nothing about it. The problem is, a lot of times, or really, well, just a simple truth is that you can't see and you can't know what you can't see and what you can't know. And a lot of times God is doing things in the world that in the moment we can't see likewise we can't ask God for justice against these evil organizations and evil institutions and things that are causing a lot of the problems in the world and then also complain and grumble within ourselves when we see those systems collapsing a lot of these evil institutions are falling into their own snares, falling into their own traps, reaping what they've sown right before our very eyes. And we just, we're struggling to maybe acknowledge that. A couple of examples are education, especially higher education, which is really the main tool for uh, perpetuating lies and secularism and humanism, um, godlessness really molds, you know, a lot of, even Christian children will go away to university, get brainwashed by these evil institutions and then come out not following God any longer. The, the propaganda, instead of education, it's almost like these institutions exist now to simply push propaganda and manipulation. Well, those institutions are bleeding to death. They're, they're bleeding students. They're bleeding money. They're being propped up by government money. But they're falling apart. They're losing enrollment. They're losing power quickly. That's just one example. There's a lot of confidence being lost right now in, say, the medical-industrial complex. Right now, it's, it seems to be the king of the world, but it's not. It's losing employees rapidly. It's losing trust. All these organizations are slowly falling into their own snares. You know, Jesus talks about how the 
and I've, I've mentioned this many, many times, he, you know, about how the wheat and the tares have to grow together until the time of harvest. The reason is, is because if you pull up the tear, you'll also pull up the good plant, right? Because they're growing so closely together. Such it is with God's people. We're all over the world, and we live in the world, and we're, we live amongst the tares. And so if, if in, when God has to judge or do something as it regards in regards to the tares, we're going to feel the impact of that. Change is not pleasant. And when systems have to be brought down, we feel that pain as well. Sometimes we think of, well, God can just judge that area and everything will be happy in my life. But that's, that's unfortunately just not how the world works. And even Habakkuk in his day, God tells him, hey, yeah, I'm going to do something about all this. But when Habakkuk hears that what he's doing is he's raising up this heathen army to come in and, and judge Israel, Habakkuk's like, whoa, whoa, how, could you, how can you do that? How can you take something more wicked than we are to judge us? And then God's like, well, it's all going to balance out because then after that I'm going to judge them for doing that. And you know, then you have to wrestle with the sovereignty of God and all these things. The point is, as God is in control, He is sovereign. And sometimes it takes a little time to watch these things play out. And I feel like as Christians, sometimes we tend to panic or we tend to, to really get down within our spirit thinking God isn't doing anything when he is doing anything. And then when he does do something about the thing, we mourn the thing, if that makes any sense. Hopefully I haven't caused more confusion. Let's just go to the Word of God and let it speak for itself. Psalm 8 is only nine verses. It's one of those psalms that's about God's glory and man's honor, but it's also got some prophetic leaning in it in regards to the Messiah, which I think you'll pick up uh, in these nine verses. Let's begin. And then I'm going to get to Psalm 9, which deals with thanksgiving for God's justice. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and suckling hast thou ordained strength because of thy enemies, though thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest to him to have dominion over the works of thy hands, and thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field. The fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, whatsoever passes through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. And that is Psalm 8, 
The psalmist here is acknowledging what God has done. He says, consider the heavens. Consider the work of the, his fingers, the moon and the stars, everything that he's ordained. When you put that in context, everything that God has made, he's the author of all things, the creator of all things. When he thinks about that, he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him? We have a bad tendency of being the center of our own universes. And we, especially in modern culture, we don't think like this. Like we think that everybody should care about what we care about and that God should just be very concerned with everything going on in our lives, right? But the true perspective, the right perspective is the one of the psalmist here who's like, you know, what is man? What am I that God would dare to care, that, de that God would dare to be mindful in light of the fact that he's the author of all things. Moving on, Psalm 9, verse 1. I will praise thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. I will show forth all thy marvelous works, and I will be glad and rejoice in thee, and I will sing praise to thy name, O thou most high. When my enemies are turned back, they shall fall and perish at thy presence. For thou hast maintained my right and my cause. Thou sattest in the throne judging right. Thou hast rebuked the heathen. Thou hast destroyed the wicked. Thou hast put out their name forever and ever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. And thou hast destroyed cities. Their memorial is perished with them. But the Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared his throne for judgment. And he shall judge the world in righteousness, and shall minister judgment to the people of unrighteousness. The Lord will also be a refuge to the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. Sing praises to the Lord which dwelleth in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. When he maketh inquisition for blood, he remembereth them. He forgetteth not the cry of the humble. Have mercy upon me, O Lord. Consider my trouble which I suffer of them that hate me, thou that liftest me up from the gates of death, that I may show forth all thy praises in the gates of the daughter of Zion. I will rejoice in thy salvation. The heathen are sunk down in the pit, they that made, that they made, I'm sorry, let me repeat that. Verse 15, the heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made. And the net which they hid is their own foot taken. There's that principle again, my friends. It's over and over and over and over and over in the Psalms and the Proverbs. And it's just said in different ways. They dig a ditch, they fall into it. And we brought this up last week. It's like, it's like when... Haman made the, the thing to hang Mordecai on, but then Haman himself was hung on it. Like he, 
plan this evil. That is what is going to happen. I really believe this. What they've done over the last couple of years, this evil that they've brought upon the whole earth and continue to do, is going to be the very thing that is their demise. Listen, the heathen rage, but God laughs, right? He sits on his throne and he laughs. They think they can get away with it. They think they can... They're not greater than God. They're mere men with wicked ambitions. The heathen are sunk down in the pit which they have made, and the net which they hid, their own foot is taken. The Lord is known by the judgment which he executeth. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be got forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. I pray that right now. I pray that against all this wickedness that's going on. Arise, Lord. Let not man prevail. Let the heathen be judged in thy sight. Put them in fear. Here's why. O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. O Lord, they have forgotten. The nations have forgotten who God is. They have set themselves up as gods. They worship themselves. They worship their knowledge. They worship their power. They worship their wealth. And it all is going to be destroyed before their very eyes. The pits, the nets, the ditches that they've prepared for us, they themselves will find themselves entangled in. These, this is the way of God. Let's read Proverbs chapter 10 and wrap up this morning. Proverbs chapter 10. 32 verses. Let's begin. The proverb of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. The Lord will not suffer the soul of the righteous to famish, but he easteth away the substance of the wicked. I'm sorry, but he casteth away the substance of the wicked. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand, but the hand of the diligent maketh rich. That's an, listen, that principle is important for culture today, especially here in the United States. Laziness, laziness, slothfulness, refusal to do anything with your hands, that's going to lead to poverty. It's going to lead to poverty. That's what, the, that's what, that's what God teaches in his word. 
Verse 5, He that gathereth in the summer is a wise son, but he that sleepeth in harvest is a son that causes shame. Blessings are upon the head of the just, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Verse 7, The memory of the just is blessed, but the name of the wicked shall rot. The wise in heart will receive commandments, but a pratting fool shall fall. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his way shall be known. He that winketh with the eye causes sorrow, but a pratting fool shall fall. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but the violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirreth up strifes, but love covereth all sins. By the way, we just read that out of, what was it, Second Peter last week? Or First Peter? I can't remember if it was First Peter or Second Peter, but where he says charity, but really saying love covers a multitude of sins. The same principle here in the Proverbs. Verse 13, In the lips of him that hath understanding wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Wise men lay up knowledge, but the mouth of the foolish is near destruction. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. <laughs> Listen to this. That line, let's not overlook that. Let's take two minutes to talk about that. Let me read that again. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. The destruction of the poor is their poverty. The labor of the righteous tendeth to life, but the fruit of the wicked to sin. I actually kind of read that wrong now that I'm looking at it again. But it almost seems to me, here's the foolishness of the rich. They build all this power. But what they fail to understand, and this is, this is happening in all these institutions that I mentioned earlier too, like higher education as an example. You have, all, you have all these executives, all this power and money. What they fail to understand is what's feeding them their power and their money is all the people that work for them, right? All the, the people that are oppressed and the, those who are being abused and those who are being underpaid and overworked and... And how they how they're so easily discarded. Used to in the United States of America, a good employee, someone who put in time, who is who was loyal to you and your company, you treated them with respect, you gave them raises, you gave them better positions. Not today. Today someone can give thirty years of their life to an institution and they will and that institution and the people in power will discard them as though they're garbage and just replace them with somebody else. Like, nobody matters to them. What they fail to realize is, when those people are no longer there to grind at the mill, so to speak, and to do the work, they will fall. Their little kingdom will topple. This is happening all over the United States of America right now. And I'm noticing small businesses who actually care for their employees, they're surviving somehow 
But these entities are begging for people to come work. And they can't. And these cities, these towers that they've built for themselves are falling. Because they no longer have the poor to feed them. And this is the foolishness of institutions and government. They, th- they, th- they don't understand by, by making everyone else poor, they themselves will eventually become poor. You mean, don't you need, if you're a government official and you're getting rich off of stealing tax dollars, don't you need those tax dollars to continue to come in for you to steal? But see, they don't think that way. They just think power, power, power. They're going to be made poor by what they're doing. Anyway, I'm just circling around to the point that God is in control. That the wickedness is being judged. And that it's just difficult to see. And that there is pain for all of us associated with judgment. Verse 16, the labor of the righteous tendeth to light, the fruit of the wicked to sin. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuses reproof, reproof erreth. He that hideth hatred with lying lips, and he that uttereth a slander, is a fool. In the multitudes of words there is wanting, wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. Right there, just two verses about the importance of keeping your mouth shut. Verse 20. The tongue of the just is a choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die for want of wisdom. The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich, and he addeth no sorrow with it. It is as sport to a fool to do mischief. But a man of understanding hath wisdom. It's another great verse. It's like a sport to them. They live for it. The fear of the wicked, verse 24, it shall come upon him, but the desire of the righteous shall be granted. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous is an everlasting foundation. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the slugger to them that send him. Again, just a picture of laziness and how it's not blessed. The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. The hope of the righteous shall be gladness, but the expectation of the wicked shall perish. The way of the Lord is strength to the upright, but destruction shall be to the workers of iniquity. The righteous shall never be removed, but the wicked shall not inhabit the earth. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the forward tongue, that is to say the perverse tongue, shall be cut out. Last verse, the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness, speaketh perverseness. Well, that is our study this morning. Hopefully, you've received some wisdom and been encouraged. You know, the, uh, hopefully you've made sense or something. The things that I was saying this morning, hopefully they were um, understandable. You know, it was one of those mornings where lots of thoughts are firing off in my brain, but I'm having trouble articulating what I'm trying to say. So hopefully, 
uh, you were able to make sense of the words coming out of my mouth. But more importantly, hopefully the word of God itself spoke for itself and strengthened you and encouraged you uh, to get your week started this week. Thanks for listening, friends. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.